This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 936, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 936. It's our Comic Talk episode. Uh, this is just kind of a quick random episode, kind of uh, spur of the moment, what's on my mind. Uh, pre- predominantly, I wanted to kind of chat about, you know, we... Uh I'm recording this on the 27th of December, so, you know, a lot of people who are into comic books probably got, hopefully, got some cool comic-related gifts over the holidays. I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the the, the couple I did end up receiving. I got a, a Marvel uh, a book that's basically like Hook Like Marvel Heroes, and it's kind of uh, all the... Um, recipes are kind of comic related uh, my son got a book that it has the Marvel logo on it but it's definitely not branded um, so it's uh, who knows who's actually making money on it and if there is any money going to Marvel or not or this is just some knockoff that my wife found somewhere but it was a it was like a it was a coloring book for farting superheroes so apparently they joke a lot about characters farting and so uh, <laughs> she gave him this book uh, that had Marvel heroes farting and then you can draw them you know with with you know, farts coming out of their butts, which is such a weird, <laughs> weird choice, but very cool. Um, I got uh, from my brother-in-law um, the What If Volume 1 Omnibus, and it's interesting. So I, I had kind of wanted this, and um, I originally had wanted to get the softcover collections that collected the entire thing, but that was one of them was really hard to find and get, and you know, they're all like 50 bucks Canadian anyway, and the omnibuses, you know, was just under 100, and I think it would probably, hopefully, just be two volumes. It could be three, though, and then maybe it would end up costing more than just getting the soft covers on their own, uh, and it's it was interesting when they you see these complete collections predate omnibuses. Like you can see this with like X Factor, for example, the X Factor by Peter David, the more modern series that started in the mid two thousands, and that's going to be in the X Factor by Peter David Omnibus Volume Two, which is weird too because like yes, he's written X Factor in different periods, um, but the Volume One is like the nineties stuff, and the Volume Two is the mid two thousand stuff, and they could not be more tonally dissimilar from each other. Uh, Besides the fact that it's Peter David, everything else about it is so different. Um, the continuity they take place in is so different. At that point, the status quo is so different. The characters are, you know, in the in the latter or are part of a private investigations firm, which is very different being a government-sponsored superhero team in the 90s. So they're very different from each other. So that would be a weird one where I'm sure there's going to be some people who are like, well, I don't really want the 90s stuff, but I want that cool, you know, 2000 series. Um, and then they're going to end up with like a volume two on their shelf. And if there are any, I mean, a lot of comic book fans by nature are a little bit OCD in that, you know, liking to have numbering and liking to have a certain way, liking the trims to look a certain way and have them match and have the, you know, all this stuff that we like or we notice when it's not right. And then you're going to end up with a volume two. <laughs> it should feel like a volume one. I get it. He wrote X Factor and let's do a branding that way. But it's one of those things I think it's going to be so weird uh, for some people to have on the shelves just volume two and onwards because they don't want that 90s stuff, which is, again, so different. And if they were a big fan of the book in the mid-2000s, it does not mean they're going to like the original. Um, anyway, so I have the, you know, what if volume one on the bus now? I was very excited to have it. I opened it up. I was very excited. Um, actually, last night was the first night I kind of opened it up out of the packaging because it was, you know, had the protective kind of uh, plastic around it. And uh, I read uh, 
I forgot. And so I was a fan of the second Bible, What If? And so I realized, actually, um, when I was thinking about doing this episode and kind of talking about this particular omnibus, that I realized that I had talked about What If? comics before on the podcast, but it was so long ago because it was, I believe, episode 210. So this was seven years ago. Uh, so if you want to, you can't even, I think, go out and find it on iTunes because it's too many episodes ago. Um, but at episode 210 was our Comic Talk Spotlight. I talked about just what if the first volume. So if you want to hear me talk about a little bit about the 1977-84 volume, I talk about it there. Um, which, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm essentially talking about it now, but I'm not going to break down by issue by issue. But uh, I, was, I had forgotten that the original series was, was a much longer page count um, than you got later, whereas uh, the one that I was more familiar with, with from the 90s, um, in that, that second volume, well, not started in the 90s, but at least published throughout the 90s, or at least up until the mid-90s, um, is that I was not used to the fact that the page count was so long. So my son was like, oh, let's read an issue. So we started reading the issue about you know, just what if Spider-Man never became a crime fighter and the one he's kind of goes into you know being a you know a popular entertainment figure etc and like an agent so we started reading this and about halfway through I'm like oh, Zach I don't know if we can finish it tonight he's like oh why not and I'm like well let's see how many pages we have left I'm like there's 20 pages left and he's like well how many did we read and I'm like 16 he's like it's that long I'm like yeah these were like not short issues they they really gave you a lot of bang for your buck there was a lot of content here um, and that was kind of the big you know immediate takeaway another thing when i looked at the back of it i was like oh yeah i forgot there there's one issue they're missing it's probably conan right and then i look at it I'm like no conan's in here so it was like you know this is obviously published uh, at the point where they had the conan license or they were able to publish stuff with conan in it so that didn't get in the way but i was like trying to remember what the other issue was so it was a you know a, a shang chi issue and then i can't remember is that issue in any of the you know master kung fu omnibuses or those trades like is this going to be collected anywhere else it's not in the what if collection um i didn't do a lot of deep diving into figuring out exactly what was going on there but uh, i kind of you know rolled my eyes and it's like one of those things where for many years if you had uh was a conan or if it was a shang chi in some ways or if it had his father prominently featured or if it was um uh, rom the space knight uh those are issues or content that you would just not really see um which again continues to be true but anyways, i'm very excited about this volume uh next year sees the release of the uh the first volume of the volume two uh it's interesting to me and maybe it's because the page counts were different or but uh this first volume and again they go into this, I would imagine, knowing how they're going to page it out, right? So, like, they were probably like, well, maybe we can't make it all in two omnibuses, or we want to sell it as this many, this is how we're going to do it. Um, but in the for the volume two, um, that first trade, uh, first uh, omnibus is much, much longer. Um, the, I think it's it's not quite double, but it's not that far off from the one that I just received. Um, that one I'm really excited about getting next year. That one's also stupid expensive, um, because, again, it's not... It's not a cheap book. It's, uh, that's a, you know, that's what omnibuses are these days in Canada. They're $155 coming out in August next year. It has, uh, 1,240 pages, so it's quite long. And so we'll also have to see if I eventually add that to my shelf and also add a volume two of this particular omnibus, but I was very excited to open it up on Christmas Day, that's for sure. On the nerd-related front, I did receive this year for Christmas, I received Spider-Man Far From Home on 4K, which I did not already have. I actually had it digitally. Um, obviously, it's on Disney+, Plus, etc., but I didn't have it in 4K, and I realized as I was opening it that I'd never actually seen the Peter's to-do list uh, short film. Uh, that was It's interesting because some pieces of that 
short are definitely present in some of the movie trailers, etc. But I'd never actually seen it before, so that was a fun little, you know, how did I not know about this? Or maybe I did, um, but I, you know, I, I hadn't ever picked it up. And you know, they stopped doing Marvel shorts, etc. So I didn't even realize they'd done a short film. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. I also received a Ghostbusters on 4K or the for the 4K uh, remaster. Um, so I'm really excited about watching that. And now the big question. That I have in my mind is, you know, is my son able to watch it? And I always think about this type of stuff. And, you know, when we were kids, things were different. And things were, when we were kids, we watched a ton of movies we probably should never have seen. Um, but I think there was less talk about, you know, people watching things that were inappropriate. There was less great rating systems at the time. Um, you know, it was a kind of PG or bust, you know, was, there was no PG 13. Um, so I watched tons of movies I probably shouldn't have watched. I watched, I, I always wonder what age I was when I watched like the Batman movies. I watched Batman Returns. I think I watched it in theaters. And it came out when I was like nine, um, which means I would have seen the first one before that. So my son's eight. And I'm like, I don't know if he's ready for the first Batman movie. That movie's kind of dark and, you know, it's kind of grim. Um, you know, people die comically. I mean, the Joker like fries a guy. Um, but I feel like as a kid, it didn't scar me. It didn't make me super scared. You know, I really struggle and wonder with that stuff. Like even Spider-Man No Way Home, like my... My friend brought his kids, and, you know, I did not bring Zach, and he's, you know, again, he's eight years old. I, he's seen pieces of Homecoming and Far From Home, but he's never actually watched the films. He's watched the original Raimi trilogy, so at least he's watched some of those. But, you know, in the in the third one, he was definitely upset about, you know, Peter acting bad, but that was kind of what I would have expected from my son, because he does not like mind control. So he doesn't like that. Um, I don't think he would have liked, in No Way Home, you know, Peter Parker beating up you know, the Green Goblin quite savagely. I mean, obviously he, des- he deserved it. Um, but uh, it was one of those things where I think he would have been upset by it. So like, I think it was the right call not to let him watch it. But I think there's so much of that movie he would have enjoyed and liked as well. And there's a lot of humor. Still not as much as in the first two. The first two are far more full of humor. And I think in some ways it maybe even be a better chance to give my son, you know, Homecoming and Far From Home to watch instead of Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, just because those movies are darker, uh, a little bit grimmer. Um, I love Major Garfield, but there's just something, you know, the movies are darker, and, like, the second one ends in very much a down note. You know, Spider-Man loses. Uh, Gwen dies. Um, His, you know, kind of finally getting any kind of closure happens in a totally different universe (laughs) in Spider-Man No Way Home. So, anyways... But the, I got those. And then recently, actually, since my birthday uh, was just a month ago, I also got uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man, the complete collection, which is something I definitely did not need in any way. I believe I own the issues digitally. I'm not sure. Um, but I also own the Omnibus already, so I didn't really need the complete collection. But like with most things that we comic book fans, you know, we don't need these things, but we want these things. And there's just something really nice about having the complete collection on my shelf and having, I love the omnibus. Trust me, it's one of my favorite omnibuses. But at the same time, I like having the trade and it's easier for me to like give my son, you know, the complete collection than it is to give him an omnibus to read. And I'm less worried about him damaging it and destroying it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where, you know, I have Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1. In omnibus format, I have the first two epic collections of the same material. I also have it digitally, so there's a lot of different methods for me to let my son read it. Omnibus is probably not number one. So as much as I like the omnibus, I like the conciseness. I like having everything in one spot. Um, you know, when I'm looking at giving my son something, I don't want to give him an omnibus to read. Um, partially because I think he will <laughs> wreck it. Um, I've been giving him the uh, For Better or For Worse co- uh, hardcover collections that Curtis Finley, friend of the show, has edited for um, the Library of American Comics. And 
you know, one of the volumes, I don't even know how he damaged the spine. Like, it was weird. It's a weird spine issue that he's he's somehow inflicted on this volume. The interior is fine. It's just the volume, uh, the, the spine. Not even the spine. It's like the front heart of the hardcover. Uh, it's not really... It's near the, the edge of the spine, but not really, like, the, the flat end of the spine that you would have um, facing out from you when it's actually sitting on a shelf. So it's very strange. But So I got that for my birthday. I was super pumped about that. Um, also got uh, Spider-Man Tombstone, uh, Volume 1, uh, which they've have never given us a volume two and they probably never will at this rate but um it's just such so i love jerry conway on spider-man and i like that modern stuff and i love sabusema's artwork and like i feel sabusema is someone who as a kid i did not appreciate or respect his artwork nearly as much as i should have um and then when i've gotten older i can really see how amazing it is and I think part of the problem, and I've said this many times in the past, so I'm, I definitely am repeating myself, is that in the mid-90s, he had Bill Sinkovich doing some inks on him for a Spectacular Spider-Man, which is part of where I first saw Salvasama's art, and it was not good, because I don't think it channels what makes Sal best. Um, I think it looked more like a uh, Sinkovich piece than a Basama piece, and that's not a good, not necessarily a good thing. And I think it was doing something weird to the artwork that did not need to be done to it, so I think that has definitely been a flaw against it. So in Salvo's around forever, so you had a lot of different people adding different you know interpretations to his work through their inks, and I do think that Sinkovich was not a proper fit for him, um, which is a little bit of a bummer because it's good stuff. Um, so, anyways, I'm excited to you know read through my Tombstone volume. I have some epic collections I've been getting recently too. I got the I've been starting to get the Fantastic Four epics because they're doing the Defalco run. I missed my chance to get the new Fantastic Four one that was half Simons and half Defalco many years ago, but they've just recently announced a reprint next year, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and then I was able to get uh, Strange Days not long ago. A friend of the show, friend of mine. I shouldn't say friend of the show, but friend of mine, <laughs> uh, Nate Struck, who's been on the show before many times. Uh, he was actually able to get me a copy of Strange Days, which ends the Defalco run. And uh, recently, they've been starting to publish the, I guess, the second and third volumes of uh, Defalco's run. The third volume's coming up soon. The second one was already published, so I'm very excited to have that and read that that era. It's very unique to its period, um, but I like it. It's you know, I like the artwork by Paul Ryan. I think it's got a very cla- classic aesthetic. Um, in I think volume th- third or fourth volume. I think it's not one of the ones that's currently solicited, so I think it's it's a ways away. It's going to have one of the first Fantastic Four issues I ever read, which was Scott Lang, uh, Ben Grimm, and Wolverine at a bar together, uh, going up against, I believe, an adaptoid that the Mad Thinker sent against them. So I'm really excited to read that. Um, the issue after, I remember that one made it seem like maybe Reed was actually uh, brothers with Doctor Doom, and you were going to get some sort of uh, reasoning from Nathaniel Richards. So I'm really excited to read that kind of stuff, and I don't know. I love having the Defalco friends, uh, you know, Thor run on my shelf. I love having, you know, the Defalco run of uh, Fantastic Four on my shelf. Well, that's most my daughter saying hello. Um, so I'm really excited to have all this stuff. And so that's stuff I think I would go back to. And it's got a, you know, it's very iconic, fun runs. They got some weird, weird stuff happens in there. Like in FF, you have, you know, the famous boob window costume for Invisible Woman. Um, you've got Reed, quote unquote, dying. You have Reed, dis- uh, sorry, uh, Doom disappearing and being off the map for a few years as well. You have, as I said, Scott Lang being part of the Fantastic Four. You got uh, Christopher Nard, Christoph Bernard. I think you have a bit of a relationship between uh, Namor and 
sue it at one point too. So a lot of cool stuff and, uh, you know, very unique. And again, over in the Thor by uh, DeFalco and Friends, you got all sorts of, you know, manner of wacky hijinks and, and high stakes trauma and Eric Masterson taking over as Thor for a while. So that's, you know, stuff I'm really enjoying reading and, and having on my shelf. Um, again, you know, it's when I got into comics. So, you know, a lot of that, it just reflects that, that period. And a lot of people hate that 90s period, but I think there's a lot more reevaluation happening now. And, you know, the, the, is there a lot of bad stuff that happened that period? Absolutely. But there's also, you know, some good stuff that people actually do enjoy. So, and I'm definitely one of them, and I'm always an apologist. Uh, the one period I think I'm the biggest apologist for is the post-Clone Saga pre-Next Chapter storyline or period. I love that period. I think there's so many books that were really solid, um, some fun storylines, some fun characters. Um, some... What are you saying? Yeah, I'm just recording a podcast. This is my daughter, Olivia, and this is, I think, the first time she's actually ever, you know, spoken words on the podcast. She's almost three. Um, she hopefully will not be as big a nerd as me. I've been told I've already ruined my son. <laughs> Please don't ruin my daughter, too. Um, but although she's like, oh, very recognizing uh, Spider-Man, she's like, that's Spider-Man, that's Spider-Man. So, um, you know, I'll make a comic fan of her in some way yet. Um, anyways, I think that that's probably going to be our episode today. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. Just, again, bantering about some of the things I've got. I'm very excited, as I said, about what if. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a fun time. You know, Christmas is weird this year, obviously, for many people, because it's not the same as traditional Christmas, because we're still in a pandemic. Um, but it's nice to know that we can still hopefully get a little bit of nerd surprises here and there um, to kind of lift our spirits and make us happy. And, uh, you know, to maybe... And make us forget that the the part of the part of the world is just falling apart all the time, and things are not getting better as as much as we would like. But uh, you know, our usual um, in 2019, my family decided that we would have a new tradition. This is before we had my daughter because she hadn't been adopted yet; we hadn't met her yet. Um, but we had decided the three of us, me, Zach, and my wife, that our new tradition. Um, there are people, there are My Little Ponies being thrown on the floor and in, in disgust right now. Um, we decided that our new tradition would be to go to a movie every year on Christmas Day after we opened presents at my sister-in-law's house and we would have Chinese food afterwards and, you know, we didn't go to a movie theater this year. We didn't feel safe doing that. And, you know, there's a lot of restrictions that are coming back in in Toronto, Ontario anyway, in terms of how many people can go to a movie theater. And the idea of going to see Sing 2 in theaters just didn't have the same appeal, although we did get to watch Ron's Gone Wrong uh, on Disney+, Plus, which was exciting. And so we did that on, on, on our Christmas Day. So it's a very, you know, different type of um, celebration, but we'll have to see what happens next year and hopefully we can return to some kind of normalcy at some point but uh, anyways thank you for listening to this comic shenanigans episode um apologies for my daughter making a lot of noise in the background here um kids just don't respect podcasting right you know they just don't respect the fidelity of of, of audio and making sure that things are nice and quiet and making sure that you know you have a nice crisp product uh, with no delays and no ums and and no uh you know children making loud sounds and deciding to act like they're puppies in the background so anyways thank you for listening you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com read the show on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and also listen to us on stitcher can you say bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye thanks so much for listening